Let's start the show by talking about my sponsor, Paloma Verde, and their new website, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out for all of your CBD needs. They've got the gummies, tinctures, the salves. So if you're needing anything to maybe chill you out, something to help you get mellowed out, something for your joint pain and stiffness, go over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and give them a check out. Carlos and Vanessa are awesome people. They run a great company. And if you enter the promo code FACTS at checkout, you'll get 25% off your order. Plus, any order over $75, you get free shipping. So, I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out. Let's start the show. Jacob forgot again. Uh, I can promise you that Jacob will be late. He is always late to these things. We've been on each other's shows like six or seven times, and he's never on. Usually it's because he's finishing dinner, which uh, I chose to do like just on camera. So uh, y'all can y'all can enjoy that while I eat my quesadilla. Only if Normally. you chew as loudly as as loudly as possible so we can hear you eating your food. That's the only way that's loud. That grossed me out. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> uh, normally, what I do is I just drink on the show. So, what are y'all? What are y'all drinking tonight? I've got some uh, marshmallow bourbon, and it, this is surprisingly delicious. Like I'm, uh, I'm probably gonna get drunk tonight. Marshmallow bourbon? Yeah. The hell, the hell are you guys drinking, Indiana? <laughs> we've got a cool we got a cool liquor store here in town and they have a whole lot of random different stuff so if i find something that looks cool i'll grab it and i'll give it a try uh I the one last the one that i had last week tasted like turpentine but it had a slight <laughs> apple flavor uh, a slight apple hint to, to the turpentine uh it was like 34 percent alcohol so it was one of those like get you fucked up kind of things all right um, it, it was enjoyable but this this is a this is only thirty percent alcohol, and it has a really good flavor. So I might, I might uh, return to this one again sometime in the future. I'll right. try it out. Where is it? Where is it distilled? Let's see, <clears throat> I figure for both Midwesterners, there's a chance I can find it here. Uh, it's bottled in Indianapolis, so oh yeah, there is a chance local. You... Maybe I don't know. I've got a Minnesota Minnesota gin with like Target brand Lacroix seltzer working it's pretty good i like the target brand stuff because it's cheap and doesn't i don't have to walk around with like a Lacroix can which is awful i've got a powder <clears throat> powder day ipa from sierra nevada so i'm not drinking the hard shit tonight 
you don't want me drinking the hard shit when I'm podcasting because I will just go way off the rails if I do. I well, used to. And, uh, what's that? Oh, I was saying IPA is basically just uh, piss water, so you should be good. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's beer with flavor. What beer? Do you drink beer? Uh, I drink. I primarily drink like dark beers. Yeah. Well, this has this has a lot of flavor in it, so it's not piss water. So calm down. <laughs> I used to drink uh, whiskey when I co-hosted for my brother, and man, it was always a good time because he was always. I I had no train of thought whatsoever, and I wasn't running the show at the time. So I guess I should have brought whiskey because I'm not running the show. So um, I found out real quick when I started my own show. I can't drink whiskey and run my own show because I cannot focus for shit. So the worst one was the second one of these Tuesday night live streams we did. And uh, <clears throat> me and Magoo got just absolutely plastered. And the initial stream went three hours. And then we ended that and went for another three hours, two of which we actually recorded. And it was a total shit show. But, I mean, it was a lot of fun. But man, by the end of it, you could tell that we had been drinking for literally six hours straight. Wow. I uh, tried to cover one of the presidential debates with my brother. He was actually here at my house and he brought some of that substance that's that's legal in Illinois, but not legal here. And uh, we tried really hard to do a, a coverage of this. And man, I don't even fucking remember the, the debate at all. It was just like I remember like you see how they I mean, this Illinois grade marijuana that he brought it 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 was strong as fuck like you see how people laugh on the sh on, on movies and stuff and like uncontrollable laughter i could not fucking stop laughing to stay to save my life and i didn't even see any of the freaking debate to laugh at it was just laughing at myself laughing and it was ridiculous and i think you if you're did. gonna i think if you're gonna cover the debate you have to do it any yeah, though, so. that, that was the whole thing i was just like i can't do this sober and i don't even think alcohol is gonna gonna do it and he's like hey i brought this stuff and it's like cool let's do it and um yeah that didn't go anywhere that there's there's a recording out there somewhere of that but it never got released as an actual episode those are probably Patreon the best kind of episodes the ones that uh the ones that never actually make it to air mm-hmm uh, Jacob just texted me. He said that he just got his kids to sleep because apparently he's the wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was fighting dogs like literally 45 seconds before we started, so <clears throat> I can't say too much. If my kids were here, they would probably be just as bad. Oh, granted, mine are, mine are uh, 13 and 12, and then my stepdaughter is 11. She she actually is the good one and cooperates Jacobs are quite a bit smaller, I believe. So, yeah, he's yeah, still got that. Gotta. They require a little more effort around bedtime. Mine are fourteen and eleven, I think. Yeah, gonna be twelve, and so, yeah, the eleven-year-old did the same thing. The eleven-year-old is the one that keeps the fourteen-year-old in check and tells her to shut the hell up when when I'm podcasting and stuff. But, um. It's nice having them that age where you can do stuff like this and not necessarily worry about them dying, but you, you just never know, though. 
Have you attempted to bring them on a show before? That's the uh, that's the real question. Uh, no, no, I would never do that. <laughs> so I let my stepdaughter do the morning show with us when she was on fall break, or not fall break, uh, spring break, a couple weeks ago, and she sat in on a the Friday episode, and she got really mad because I wouldn't let her talk enough. I was like. There are there are four other people on the show. Like you have to let everybody talk. It can't just be you talking hundred percent of the time. Like you gotta chill you gotta chill out a little bit. <laughs> she, right. she thought she should just be the center of attention the whole time and run her mouth nonstop, which is far for her life. <laughs> it's like it's my fucking show. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's that was her opinion. I've also brought my son on for this, and we've done like uh, comic book reviews or movie reviews, stuff like that. And that's been a lot of fun. Like he, he is the complete opposite. He won't talk enough, whereas mm. her, she talks way too much. Yeah, I don't even know what my kids would say on a show. They don't have anything intelligent to say, so I don't know what they would talk about. Fortnite, I don't know. I don't have kids. I have two goddaughters. James has been completely left out of this part of the conversation. That's all right, man. But, I, I have a dog. Yeah. I've got two goddaughters. Uh, none of them would do well on a podcast, mainly because the goddaughters are little and the dog doesn't speak English. <laughs> but it might be more coherent than a drunk conversation with the three of us, though. It's true. I was actually just at my my newest goddaughter. So she's like four months old or five months old, something like that. I was just at her baptism this weekend, uh, yesterday. And, or no, I guess Sunday. Is it Tuesday? Holy shit, it's already Tuesday. I was at her baptism on, on Sunday. And they're at this uh, Lutheran church. And um, I don't know if y'all know much about the Lutherans, but there's two different like brands of Lutheranism in America. One of them's the Missouri Synod, which is like super right wing and conservative and like really, <clears throat> it's a quesadilla. Uh, <laughs> I guess that counts as a sandwich. Uh, it, it is a sandwich, actually, just like a hot dog. Um, <laughs> so there's there's the Missouri Synod, which is like conservative and like really in, t- in, t- in keeping with the, the teachings of Martin Luther. Uh, and then there's the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, the ELCA. And holy shit, <laughs> this this church, <clears throat> they like have their pronouns in the pamphlets and uh, wow. like the our father the the lord's prayer it starts out our creator our mother our father in heaven hallowed be your name it was just the most surreal thing i had ever seen in my life um all this like gender inclusive language and stuff like that it do was think just god, do you think god cares about his pronouns his her pronouns it's whatever you think I, you think it's like god uh quote or uh parentheses him her slash it slash they them i i, I don't think god gives a shit about his her pronouns i i I don't know if god cares about his pronouns he doesn't care about his pronouns as much as pastor jen at the evangelical church of minneapolis cares about her pronouns i I think i would agree with that (laughs) i think that's taken it a bit far when you when you have to rewrite it to that extent i think that that's pushing it push it just a bit (laughs) it's like if you're really focused on the pronouns in the prayer I think you're doing it wrong. Yeah, that's uh, we could see the intent of this episode was not to cover religion, even though we've got James <laughs> and we'll have <laughs> Jacobs shortly. But you can't uh, you can't have me on a podcast without talking about it. Apparently, 
it's weird. I'm not even religious. Like I, I'm kind of a lapsed Catholic, but I love talking about this stuff. Hey, Carlos. So I got to do a a brief segment on. Um, it's a much more left leaning podcast, and I'll uh, let's see, dig on America. I think is yeah. The the dig on America is the name of the show, and I got to do a brief podcast talking about like the woke church a couple weeks ago. Um, and that was really interesting. Like as it, as it turned out, me and the guy that I was talking to on that show had a lot more aligning opinions on the church and kind of where it is in the bastardization of Christianity that has occurred in modern culture and stuff like that. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, and like I said, like we, we ended up agreeing on stuff a lot more than what I was anticipating. I thought it would be a little more argumentative and instead we were kind of, uh, both circling around the same ideas with maybe different ways of getting there and uh, finding ourselves agreeing with each other uh, on a lot of topics as far as, at least as far as the, the American church goes. So that was really interesting. Um, but tonight's topic is not actually focused on religion and the church. Uh, we're we're going to talk about the fact that we are all just completely exhausted and how we can be better at uh getting rest so first of all let's uh let's kind of go around the room and what's everybody's sleep schedule like or do you even have something that would resemble a uh a relatively normal sleep schedule well i i play wordle at night it's dark outside so i know that i'm at least up till midnight almost every night um, and then I wake up at I wake up at about six thirty or seven, um, <clears throat> so I probably don't get it, it, like literally enough sleep. Although I do tend to doze off at my desk while I'm working during the day, so I guess I catch up a little bit then. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that article that Justin assigned us to read it did talk about taking daily naps, so you might as well do it during work hours, so you're getting paid to do it rather than sleeping at night when you're not getting paid. That's that's not efficient. If you're not getting paid, why would you sleep? Yeah, exactly. It's like, I wouldn't work for free. Why would I sleep for free? And so the lesson of this is for anybody who, you know, volunteers to come on the show, I do assign you homework. Uh, yeah, what the hell is that all about, first of all? I had you on. I've had, I had you on. I'm like, hey, just come on my show. I don't care what we talk about. Let's just talk. And you're like, hey, come on my show. Here, here's this long assignment you have to do and do a book report on it. I will, I will tell you, I will tell you that I don't understand a word at salon.com ever. So the, the, the article was a little bit over my head. Um, it just seemed a little too woo woo maybe, or I, I don't really know, but, uh, I do appreciate a nap when I can take one, but it's really hard for me to take them because I'm also kind of a productivity junkie. And if the sun's out, like, I feel like I'm like, I don't know, compromising my values if I relax even though, even though, like I'm super unproductive, I'm sitting here on Discord all day, like just just chatting with people. It's insane, but at least I'm awake, right? Yeah, there you go. You're the Let's guy see. that commented that you work on like 12 or 14 different podcasts or something like that. That's Justin. No, Justin, you do that. Oh, well, you're insane though. <laughs> we and all do that. Have, though. And you have like goats and shit. Goats, chickens. Working on a. We'll have a nice size garden if it'll ever stop raining, so we can plant the thing um yeah do a whole bunch of podcasts you know 
I am, and I work night shift. So, so like, I don't have a normal sleep schedule. Like on the, uh, it's a, it's twelve hour nights on a block schedule. So I work four, and then I'm off four. So for the four days that I work, I get home at about seven fifteen every morning, and on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, then I sit down and do a morning show, and then I usually try to get to bed about ten o'clock in the morning. I'll sleep until about twelve thirty or one. What the and, fuck? And then I get up and I work on podcast stuff and make clips and put together episodes and all of that stuff. And then I just set everything to upload, and then I leave and go to work. And then I work a twelve hour night and come back home and do it all over again. And then on my off days, I uh, I try to have like a normal schedule. So I'll go to bed at like ten o'clock. But then I'll get up at like 1130 or 12 and I'll come back in here and I'll work on stuff or mess with stuff. And then I'll go back to bed at like one or one thirty. And then around three, I'll come back in here and work on some more stuff. And then uh, and then at about six o'clock, I'll like actually wake up for the day and, and make coffee and take a shower and cook breakfast. So I, I feel like that article was all geared towards you. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Well, so the interesting thing that I kind of found with the article because it talks about not just not just sleeping but um like resting and napping and utilizing that that down state so something that i've found incredibly helpful for me because i do typically sleep about three hours a day is i i try to take advantage of that like that down state time where you just kind of I don't know, become a vegetable for a little while. Like I'll do it mm-hmm. at work. If I, if I'm at work at night and I feel like I'm starting to really drag, uh, I'll go hide upstairs in my boss's office with the lights off. And, and I just sit, like I just sit in a chair and I just kind of turn my brain off for about 15, 20 minutes. And, mm-hmm. and then I get up and and I'm ready to go. Like I'm re-energized and I can make it through the rest of the night after that. But it's like being able to utilize that just time to, to just like turn off and not, not be trying to be productive. It's hugely beneficial. So like I wanted to cut, that's why I wanted to have y'all on. Cause I know you, I know like James, you've got a bunch going on, Craig, you've got your show and a whole bunch of other stuff that you're doing. Uh, Jacob, whenever he shows up, he's got 75 kids and trying to he's trying to rival uh, Josh Smith. Plus, he does his show and all kinds of other stuff. So, like, I wanted to talk to you all about kind of how you manage your rest and also how after reading the article, did it kind of make you think of different ways that you could go about managing that uh, that downtime or that like that down state? Well, I, I didn't. Like my sleep schedule compared to you guys is, oh, mine's probably pretty similar to James's. Like I'll probably shut off about midnight and get up around six, six thirty, get the kids out the door for school and shit. So, um, six, six and a half hours is normal for me. Anything, any, I could probably operate anything four or more pretty comfortably. I mean, I might be cranky if I only get four, but I can operate anything under four, man. I, I don't know how the hell you would do it. I worked third shift. I worked overnights when we were first married and it didn't bother me until the weekends are what always screwed with me because you get home. You don't want to go to bed because you want to 
live a normal life through the weekend. So then you're just dragging that whole freaking day. And now my wife works third shift, so she has to experience that. And so for me, um, I can't fall asleep without the TV on now because she's worked third shift for two, three years now. So it's just been falling asleep to the television. So even on the weekends when she's home, she's like, I'm going to bed. She'll go to bed at like 930 or 10 because she's like freaking drained from working third shift. And she'll be like, you going to bed? I'm like, there's no way in hell I could go to bed right now. It's like it's like prime either doing podcast editing or writing or turning on the TV or something like that. But um, as far as the uh, the rest thing or like what you were talking about, shutting off your brain, I know there's there's days I like I have one specific day, which is Wednesday, because Sunday I do our weekend podcast. Monday we do our live stream Tuesday, which is tonight. I'll after this. Usually Tuesday is when everybody's like, hey, come on my show. And the time that you typically edit your podcast, hey, let's do this. And then you can push your your editing till the wee hours of the morning, which is fine. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, so then I'm editing. I'll be editing till probably um, midnight, one o'clock doing whatever it is, getting ready to release the episode tomorrow. So then usually Wednesdays, I don't do a goddamn thing. Wednesday nights I get home. My kids are like, hey, you want to do? No, I, I don't want to do anything. I, 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 It's kind of like my podcast Sabbath for me because usually every other day of the week I'm doing something. And then so Wednesday night, since I've gone two days podcasting, a full day of or like an evening of editing and shit. So then by Wednesday, after releasing, doing all the social media posts and stuff to release the episode during the day Wednesday, by Wednesday night, I'm just like, nope, I'm not focusing on anything. I'm not reading anything. I'm not going to even, I don't even typically on Wednesdays watch a show that requires brain activity. I'll just turn on like a sitcom or something to just like literally shut my brain off too. So I feel like in the very least, if you can't have a normal schedule throughout like daily throughout the week, you have to have like at least like a day somewhere in there or an evening in there where you're just like, not going to do a damn thing. Um, I might hang out with the kids, but if it requires effort, I'm not going to do it because uh, you got to have some time to recharge a little bit there and just kind of um, especially doing podcasts where you're constantly um flooding your brain with the bullshit that's going on in the world. I mean, that already enough is just mentally draining, just reading that shit. And so most of the time I'm just like, I'm not even going to read anything tonight because I, I, I don't want my brain to go there because then it just takes off in like 50 different, different directions. I'm just like, Nope, Wednesday night's my night. I'm not doing anything. Yeah. I, I think, I don't know. So I tried to get into this like meditation habit. Um, although I was doing it in the morning right after I woke up, which I, I don't, I feel like I probably should have been doing it in the middle of the middle of the day instead. Um, or maybe both. I don't know, but, uh, I kind of fell out of it. Like, uh, Justin, when we went down to, to Texas and I was going to Orlando and like, I was just doing all this travel last summer and fall and it completely got me out of my morning routine to where now my morning routine consists of me getting up, checking all my phone notifications, uh, probably reading fiction before doing the dishes before going to work. And then I just sit at my computer all fucking day. And, uh, except for like when I bring the dog out or get up and, you know, if I stretch my legs or take a, take a dump or something like that, then I'll get up. But, um, 
otherwise it's like I, i'm just sitting here and <clears throat> it's wreaking havoc on my body uh like i'm always sore my my muscles are so sore like so st stiff that i can't like i can't even pop my neck anymore because it doesn't it doesn't bend that far uh my lack of sleep has made me just super fat like i've always been kind of fat but like i'm like obese now um and that so and i'm like so heavy now that i broke the box spring on my bed and uh and so like now I don't get a good night's sleep because it's uncomfortable. Um, and I, so I was, I was, I did a search for box springs on Amazon. And so now I'm getting all these ads for fat people on Instagram and like every other social network, just reminding me how fat I am. Oh, do you want to lose weight? Take this pill, do this, do this intermittent fast. Like just all this garbage simply because I searched for a like reinforced box spring on Amazon. Wow. Uh, so then, so then I'm constantly shamed about my fatness. Uh, so yeah, you know, I mean, life's, life's good, but sleep's not great. Um, although I do, I do go to the gym four times a week, so we're, we're working on it. So, so that is something that it kind of talks about in the article. Um, is the, is the physical and also kind of the, the mental importance of sleep? Like it is, <clears throat> it is a restorative thing. And, and just the fact that we don't like, none of us get enough sleep. So, so it talks a lot about, about rest and and taking advantage of that and and like trying to trying to tune yourself out of always being like in that upstate because that's like that's what we do that's that's why we stay up on our phone for as long as we do that's why we're always reading something that's like really engaging or watching something that we're trying to get content off of like we're always pushing ourselves into that upstate and and like Craig was talking about like he takes Wednesday uh, for me, it's it's Saturday. If whether I'm on my block working or if I'm off, like I don't do anything podcast related on Saturday. Um, and I just if if I'm gonna be behind on putting episodes or clips or something out, then I'm gonna be behind. But on Saturday, I'm not I'm not touching this computer. Period. So like having having a time where we can build in rest to our schedule is, is incredibly important. Um, I, so I don't know people act like I'm like absolutely insane. I have a really long commute to work on top of, I mean, uh, obviously I sleep three hours a, a day, so um, I might be in like just insane anyway, but people act like I'm really insane because I also have a long commute. I drive about an, uh, just a little over an hour uh, one way to work Holy cow. And, and everybody just thinks that's, the craziest thing ever uh you know on top of working a 12-hour shift i also have about an hour and 10 minute commute that is such a blessing for me like on, i understand that i really do understand that on the way to work i just put on like whatever music i'm feeling for the day i put music on and if it's nice out, I roll the windows down and I just drive to work. And like, I just, I don't think about anything. I, I like, I'm just in a, I'm in a restful state of I'm on my way. And then when I get off work in the morning, I do the same thing. I like, I set my, I set my backpack with all of my work crap in the back seat. I take my, I take my steel toe boots off and set them in the floorboard and and put comfortable shoes on and I put music on and I drive home and I don't think about anything that happened the night before. I completely just 
wipe it all out of my brain. And by the time I get home, I'm ready to be home. And like, there is, um, I think there's a lot of value in being able to utilize time like that. So like, what do y'all think in terms of like your personal schedules and stuff like that? Like, where do you see opportunities for stuff like that, that you could build that, uh, that downstate time into your schedule and kind of re utilize restfulness in what would be probably considered like non-traditional ways, like not, not napping, but utilizing the time that you have to, to get more out of it and, and actually achieve a level of rest. Well, I understand what you're saying about enjoying the or appreciating the commute home, because when I worked that job, third shift, it was like my job now, I would say is, isn't super high stress. I'm, I, there's not too many days that I leave work like overly pissed off or anything like that. But when we were first married, I worked at a production factory and it was always about getting numbers and things would go wrong and it didn't matter. The management still wanted you to hit your numbers no matter what. And I mean, you four out of five days, you leave work pissed off, but I lived 35 minutes away. And so it didn't matter how pissed off I left work. By the time I got home, it was, it was, it, it had faded. It just didn't fucking matter at that point. So I, I feel like if I lived like five minutes away, I probably would have came home and been an asshole to my wife. And, um, being a newlywed, that's, that's not recommended coming home and being an asshole, right? When you get home, especially when you're working third shift, she wakes up in the morning and you're coming home and being an asshole. So I, I appreciated, um, I remember thinking at the time, cause at times I, I, I thought, man, it'd be nicer to live closer. But every time I drive that and get home and that would just all be gone and work would just be gone by that point. It was just like, yeah, that, that was, that was a nice drive to, to cool off a little bit and let that shit go before I, I got home and then I could just leave it at the door before I walked in the door. So I, I do understand that. I mean, an hour drive sounds like it would suck, especially sleeping for three hours. I'd probably be sleeping on the way home. But um, half the time I remember driving home and uh, I'd get into town and not remember half the drive because I was basically sleeping the whole way home. But um, as for right now, the last few weeks, my job has got to the point where the office manager, like we have a small crew. And so some of the techs don't come back to the office. I usually come back to the office. The office manager leaves an hour early. The boss leaves probably 30 minutes early. So I could just walk out the door and go home and just say I left at five. No problem. But normally I just sit down, maybe finish up some paperwork, just relax for a few minutes before I walk out the door, just enjoying that empty space like nobody in the building, I can catch up on what anything that I need to catch up on without the boss talking in my ear. And then at five o'clock rolls around, it's just like, all right, I'm in a comfortable spot. I can get up and walk home. And it's, I mean, it's what, 20 minutes, but still that 20 minutes, I appreciate just that downtime for just a few minutes before I walk out the door. And again, it's just that leaving work at the door to go home and not have to really focus on work anymore. Uh, so I don't have a commute, which, uh, like when I did, it was great. I, um, I, like that, that was, that was a very sort of meditative, uh, time of day for me, like both ways I would listen to podcasts or music or whatever and just kind of chill. Hey, what's up, hey, buddy? Not much. How you guys doing? 
Good. Good. <clears throat> We're talking about sleep and rest and like rest without sleep. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do this a lot, actually. But yeah, continue. I don't want to interrupt you. Uh, I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, yeah, the commute thing. So now my commute is like basically from the bedroom to my office. Um, <laughs> do you ever get I, lost? Yeah, I do. I'm always lost. Uh, and now I'm found or something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it really, it really, like, it really gets to where, like, I have no downtime at all. No, maybe not, not no downtime, but no downstate. Like, I always have some sort of stimulus, uh, stimulation. There's, you know, podcasts in my, in my ears or, you know, TV or a book or work or more TV or, I'm cooking dinner and also listening to a podcast and also like, you know, then my partner will come in and, you know, want to talk because we haven't talked all day because I've been in the office all day, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then I fall asleep and then wake up and do it over again. I don't even have, I don't, re I don't even really have like a Sabbath day like you guys, which uh, is probably bad for my body and soul. Yeah. Well, I, um, so where I was working before, I got this new job back in January. I, I had no downtime. Um, I was working pretty much seven days a week, 60 hours a week. Um, and I would come home and I was literally a zombie. Like my body would force me to like, I couldn't spend time with my wife or my kids. I just come home. I, you know, I would maybe get something down my, you know, my throat to eat. Uh, if I had a podcast, I tried to keep them, but um, towards, towards the end there, I was kind of having to take a hiatus because I, I just, I barely even had time for that. Um, and I wasn't even going to church because like, you know, Sundays, like that was my day off, but like, I was just in like, you know, I didn't want to get out of bed and do anything because I was just so uh, beat up. So now, so now I have a better, uh, you know, work balance. But, but beyond that, you know, then it was like, I had all this free time and I was like, I don't know how to relax. So me, when I was reading this article that, that we're supposed to talk about, I was like, yeah, this is me. Uh, I didn't know what downtime looked like. And I, I started getting more sleep, but I, I still, you know, I, I wasn't getting rest. You know what I mean? And so I found actually, I kind of reconnected to music. Um, and so like I grew up playing music. I was in like my school marching band. I was on like, I was on the church worship team. Um, I, I know that's not something you Catholics have, James. It's just a dumb Protestant thing. I've actually been on a worship team before. I was, uh, I was, I was the praise leader for like an evangelical congregation. Um, um so, just for fun but i used to have such a deep love for music and then i don't know just like just i don't know over, over the the course of my adulthood and and stuff i kind of lost that and then um i remember talking to my wife over the phone and just being like i don't know what to do i'm so stressed out during the day and like even on my lunch breaks and stuff or if i have little five minute breaks here like i don't know how to just like uh, you know get the tension off and 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 and, and unclench um and she's like, well, like, what are you, what are you listening to throughout the day? And I was just like, oh, like, you know, a bunch of podcasts about how, like, you know, the world's coming to an end and, <laughs> and all this stuff. And she's like, well, you know, maybe, maybe don't consume like eight hours of podcasts about, you know, libertarianism and, and, and like all this bad stuff going on. You, like, you need to put good stuff into your brain. And I was just like, what? I don't know. And so, um, and so I just, I don't know. I went back and started listening to like old, like, like music from when I was a kid, like, like old Christian music old christian rock music i liked and um you know then and then i started listening to to hymns which I, i've actually started to like I, i've gotten really 
deep into listening to, to like old old church hymns and stuff which they aren't really like my favorite music but there's something about them that they, they, they just kind of like encourage like this like my, my mind to go into a bit more of a you know a, a state of like rest uh in a state of like not having to do something so uh so yeah i don't know that's that's sort of what what i've been going through lately and sort of what i was thinking about when i i read that article so we've all kind of talked about work to some extent or another because uh, and in our modern society work is an incredibly important thing or at least there is a huge societal emphasis that's put on work and i actually did an episode um that talked about like the future of work and like um like toxic workplaces uh it was based off of a couple different books or one of them's more of a like a collection of short stories and the other one's like a mini novella but they talk about like the future of work and the way they kind of boil it down in both of these little novellas is like work is this constant thing and i i just don't see a future where that's uh <laughs> where that is my existence because I, I i do uh i think i do a very good job of like when i leave work i just shut it off it's i don't carry it with me it's the thing that i do for money and as soon as i as soon as i walk out the door and i set my backpack in the back seat of my truck like you know like i said you know for making my drive home like i set the backpack in my back seat of my truck i take my shoes off and that's it like i don't think about it again until i show back up and i walk in the door to see what kind of shit show the guy who's going out left for me at the end of his shift it's like but work does not cross my mind at any point during the day other than exclusively when I'm at work. And and I don't think that's the case for a lot of people. And I think that that this article also kind of touches on that is that a lot of people live in this like constant upstate of like work is this all consuming monster. How do y'all how do y'all kind of deal with it? Like I don't have a good explanation for how I deal with it. Like it's just my mental uh it's just the way I'm programmed. Like I when I leave I don't I stop caring. Um and it's because I, I have had careers previously where I was on 24-7 and uh, I acknowledge that that was not a healthy position for me to be in. So so I've divorced myself from that completely. Um, so how do y'all deal with the, the work-life balance side of stuff? I've been doing a lot better with that recently. Like it, it got to the point where I was checking my emails every half hour, 20 minutes, just compulsively. Like I wasn't doing anything with them. I just swiped down to refresh the mailbox and see if anything new would come in and then close my, close the mail app and go back to whatever it was I was doing. Um, which is like a compulsive behavior and really unhealthy. Uh, <clears throat> now I have turned off all notifications for email on my phone. Um, I still get notifications for like my, our internal chat app, uh, that we use at work, but I don't get a whole lot of chats, so I, I kind of am okay with that, I guess. Um, I did have a work dream last night, but it was the first one I'd had in a really long time. So that's good, I think. Uh, it tells me that I'm not dwelling on it. But a lot of it, for me anyway, is just mind over matter. I, I force myself not to not to dwell on the projects that I'm working on and stuff. Like I, I, I mentioned when you, oh, hey, it's Jose. What up, dude? 
Uh, yeah, I. So I, I mentioned that like I work for a software company. I'm a I'm a techie at a software company. Like I'm not an engineer, but uh, I I do like customizations and things like that. So I'm constantly I'm like I'm I'm working on a ton of projects, and uh, it's it would be very easy for me to do it just from home. From you know, like I said, my commute is a few steps, so. Uh, I have to force myself not to work weekends and most of the time not work late at night and things like that. I think for me, my job's a typical eight to five. And I mean, I work service. I install like security alarms and stuff like that. I mean, I have an on-call phone and I'm on call every other week, but it barely ever rings. And I, I don't put that much thought into it. Um, if it does ring, I'll have to maybe step out and run to a job or jump on a computer and do some programming or something. But as soon as that call is done, I'm, I'm over it. I, I, I don't care enough. Of, I, I like my job. I don't care enough about it to make it consume my life. I, I don't think I could work from home. I don't think I could be like you, James, and work from home. Cause I think it'd be a lot harder to separate work from home that, distinguish between the two because i know people that especially during the pandemic my brother-in-law is an engineer and he ended up working from home a lot and he was like well it's it's great because i can set my hours like i can get up and um do it and then go do something with the kids and then come back and do it and then late at night do it. i don't want that i want that i want to know that at eight o'clock i'm on and at five o'clock i'm off i don't want to be at home where at any point I'm thinking in my head, well, I could go and knock something out right now because um, because the computer, my, my office is right across the room right there. Yeah, that that the allure of setting your own hours and working remote, not having to, you know, put on pants for work and stuff was really, really attractive two years ago. Like I, I got this job right before COVID. Um, so I've been remote since before being remote was cool. And I thought that it would be just the best thing in the world. And it's really not like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm tempted to like rent out a WeWork space. If I could afford it, I would. Is but our, our, our office is in Atlanta. So I can't like, I can't just drive to work if I wanted sure. to. Is that yeah. how you feel though, that you have a hard time like stepping away or it's always oh, right there yep. where, Hey, I got this project. I could walk across the room and go work on that right now instead of, Hey, it's yeah. five o'clock. It's off time. Like I said, I'm pre I've been pretty good about about separating the separating my work from like the rest of my day uh, recently. But I mean, if I'm if I'm like if it's crunch time and I I've got a project due in the next day or two, and I need to stay up stay up until eleven or even later uh, getting it done, it's much easier to do that in a remote job than it is if you're in an office and the, like I, you know, I did it when I was in an office job too. I mean, it, you got to do what you got to do, but um, the, there's no like janitor coming around saying, Hey, you're still here at home. You know what I mean? Like there's just, there's just your partner or spouse or whatever, wondering why the hell you haven't come to bed yet. And it's much easier to disappoint them than it is to embarrass, embarrass yourself in front of the office janitor, you know? Okay. <laughs> I know when I when I jumped in, you were talking about commute, James, and I, I got to say that that was one thing that changed for me with this new job that that's been mostly a positive. I mean, sometimes I I, I bitch about it because I don't particularly like driving that much, and I and I had to like adjust my my sleep schedule and 
fight. Like, I hate fighting traffic and whatnot to get to, to get to you know work on time. But on the other hand, like I used to be the type that like I'd bring my home my my work home with me in terms of like I'd still be thinking about work and I used to live five minutes away from work and so like there was no buffer. And I, I find having that buffer uh, to be really useful for 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 kind of like transitioning to more of a downtime mode, you know, and, and, you know, I'm also, I mean, what's funny is this, this article is describing what I've been trying to, I've actually been, you know, with my, um, the counselor that I've been with for the past two years, just been trying to learn how to like, how to not view being at home with my family as just more work, which I know that sounds terrible, but like when you have three kids, it's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, they're, they're not exactly, you know, uh automatons that like don't need anything like they, they, they it, it's constantly you know daddy look at this daddy help me with this and or someone you know they hurt each other they're crying uh need help going to the bathroom it's one thing after another um but uh you know i i i think that there's something to tr- trying to like reorient your mind to to view certain things as not work and rather trying to even if they are work trying to 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 find the enjoyment in it and, and to put your brain into more of a, you know, a, a relaxed mindset, um, which I, I don't know. It's, it's something that I, I certainly struggle with. <laughs> it's a day to day struggle, but, uh, um, but I don't know. I have good days and bad days. I know uh, on Sunday, it's like I had to, I had to work on Saturday cause I have to work on some Saturdays. And then Sunday I just like the whole day got to spend with, uh my kids and it, it was one of my better days where like there was still chaos around me but i was just able to anytime the kids had one of their mini you know uh, you know panic attacks over you know the little things that kids get upset about i was able to just like uh not let their i don't know, not 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 let their chaotic energy bring bring me down but rather like like you know to to sort of be a calming presence, you know, which, you know, uh, as a, as a father is a, I grew up with a father who was very like not involved. And when he got involved, he just yelled at people. And I, I don't want to be, I don't, and I, I love my dad. I'm not trying to, to, to throw him under the bus or anything. It, it, we have a good relationship now, but we didn't when I was growing up. Um, so that, that's something I've been working on too a lot lately is just trying to you know, trying to, and this sounds so like cringe, like safe space thing, but like I, I, identifying my triggers, right? Like, I think we all have them. Like there's things that, 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 that can, that can trigger us into a sort of like state of anxiety or, 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 or anger or stress. And it's like identifying what those triggers are. And then like when they happen, like learning, like coming up with uh, techniques to deal with them, which, you know, mm-hmm. honestly, so like, things in the article that that reminded me of like things that i've talked to my counselor about was like the how to do deep breathing like it's kind of a cliche to like take a deep breath but there's actually sort of a science behind it another another thing i do is chug water which i mean water is healthy for you anyway but if you kind of like sit there and just like drink water for 30 seconds um it sort of like forces your heart rate to go down a little bit and it's sort of like you just have to like interrupt your brain patterns from kind of getting too carried away with like getting focused on the thing that you, you would usually get upset about. So I don't know. That's some of the things that come to mind. I think it helps. I mean, 
there's not much you don't have a ton of control of this but it helps when you come home from a rough day and the kids aren't already like in a state of instant stress or like coming at you with a billion problems or or nagging at you about something like one time i remember i had a i had this horrible day at work i don't even remember why that's how unimportant it was but i just had a shitty day at work and i came home and my daughter at the time she was just like how was your day and instantly i was just like it was good and the whole rest of the day was fine after that and like it was just my natural response was it was even though it was horrible i didn't even like put any thought just the fact that she greeted me at the door and said hey hey dad how was your day i was just like oh it's good and the whole rest of the evening went well but then there's days when you come home and it's just like the kids are in a fight or something or in a fight with their mom and stuff and it's just like piles on to whatever stress you already might have had on you and it's just like um that that high state that they were talking about just gets a little bit higher or just keeps pushing and it's like you got to let me come down from this a little bit before before I can deal with this. So, I, like I said, it's not like like you see those 1950s articles that are talking about. Uh, I don't know if did you ever read that article from like 1950s, like how to prepare for when your husband comes home. I know what and, you're talking uh, about. <laughs> yeah, I have that. I have that posted on the fridge for my wife to look at. I mean, I, I feel like every wife should look at. You're that. muted, James. You you were James. You were unmuted, and then you muted yourself. Did I? Oh, really? I yeah. made a joke about you being the wife. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that that one's like, wrong. like make sure that the kids are bathed and and quiet and don't don't ask your husband any questions when he walks in the door and stuff. And obviously, we don't have that kind of um freaking uh chauvinistic mentality. We can't have that now that we have to expect our wives to have their hair all done nicely and have the kids bathed and shit. So um like I said, you don't have control over what you're walking in the door to. So I mean it that's that's why it's nice to have that, like you said, the the hour commute home where you can come down before you walk into what you have no idea what you're walking even if you like maybe your wife calls you on the way home and and warns you ahead of time. That that's always nice, but then that kind of interrupts your downtime on the way home because then you're just thinking about what you're walking into. But at least you have that time to kind of like fade out a little bit before you walk into it instead of just like going from instant stress of work to instant stress at home. So I uh, I I don't have an answer to like how to fix that unless it's like hey, just go drive around the block five or six times before you walk in the door. I mean, a lot of times I'll just walk in. If I'm like stressed out, I'll just go like straight out to my back porch and smoke my pipe or something just so I can like calm myself down before I get into the mix of it. Because also, otherwise, yeah. Let's say I'm also in that lucky position that because I do work night shift, by the time I get home, my wife has left for work. The kids have all gone to school. So I'm walking into other than the dogs, an empty house. So, like, I I do know what I'm going to come home to every day. It's going to be nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. It'll be an empty house, and I get to just do whatever I want. But like, I'm I'm a uh, I'm a, a rare case in that. Like most people, and and like that went into. So I had the opportunity to just to go back to day shift, and and a lot of this stuff like really went into that decision. Is like okay, like there's a lot of stuff that I do during the day in terms of like the podcasting stuff and the morning show and all of that. And, and there's a lot of like flexibility with working night shift that 
I can do that stuff during the day, especially since I really don't sleep. So, uh, you know, I, I had, I, I took all that into consideration when I considered whether or not I was going to stay on night shift or go back to, to working day shift and also night shift pays better. So it was kind of a no brainer, but, uh, but yeah, go ahead, Jacob. Were you, were you, were, you were about to say something. Well, I was going to say, one of the things that I know that's helped me, and, and really it's uh, maybe especially at home, but I think you can use it for work stuff too, but it's like, I'm always trying to reframe things into a more positive uh, narrative, because it's easy to kind of come home and be like, oh, great, like, the kids are crying, and, you know, or, or you know, my wife needs me to do this, or, you know, and, and to put that negative connotation on it, and sometimes what's helpful is to, to just kind of, like, make a perp, like a a conscious intentional uh effort to like reframe it in a positive light so like if i come home and uh like immediately my wife needs help with like let's say it's like oh you know i haven't started dinner yet and you know the kids are crying and they're fighting and i need your help to make dinner so i can like be upset about the stressful situation or i can be like oh you know what's really cool like i'm gonna try to you know like i'm excited to make dinner like try to find enjoyment because I, I like cooking actually. I don't have to view it as a stressful thing. I can find the positive in it. Um or if, what was that what if, was that article hanging on your fridge, Jacob? Yeah. <laughs> His wife um, hanging on the fridge for him. Right. <laughs> um the 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 other thing, beer is just bread water. So you're exactly. You know, it's the best of both worlds. Um or if if my kids need something, it, it it's like instead of like, you know, getting stressed out about it and being like, oh, I have to do this. To, to instead be like, wow, like my kid wants to come to me and get my help for something. And like, to always, and always like to kind of uh, put yourself in the shoes of, of, you know, for, for those of us who have kids, like, like imagine you, when you, when you were those that age, you know what I mean? And it's not always easy for kids to come and ask their parents for help with, with something. Um, and, and when they do, it's like, they're, they're really like, even, even, even if they're not doing it in the most graceful fashion, they're, they're, you know, they're, that's just they're using just the language that they know how to use. Um, so I, I always try to look at things and try to reframe them as a, like this is an opportunity for for me to do something that is good or that that that's good for my family. It's good for 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 my kids. Um, you know, and, and then the other thing is, and I talked about this a little bit when I had uh, Dave Smith on last week um, to like really cherish those little moments. But then also to try to reciprocate them. Like, so one of my favorite things is when I come home from work and like my kids are waiting for me at the door and then like come running for me like daddy, daddy. And like, and like, especially like my, my littlest one right now, who's like two, like he literally like, like sees me, he gives me this look. He's like, and like, we, we both know, like we're going to start running towards each other. And then like, he, he just like flails himself at me and I pick him up and he just like squeezes onto me really tight. You know, and, and like those are like the picture perfect moments of like you know being a dad. That's not every day, but what enjoy I try that. to do, enjoy that while it lasts because at fourteen it's just like oh you're home. Well, yeah, yeah. most well, most of well, what I get is don't you have to go to work today? Why are you still here? Well, that's why try... you get dogs though, because my dog that that's one thing I was going to say is uh, the best thing you can do is get dogs because they're always, always yeah. happy to see yeah, they you are. When you're home. So it's just like, oh, somebody at least is happy to see me. But you know what you can do? And I think this works with kids of all age. Now, granted, I don't have teenagers yet, but I have a seven-year-old, and this works with him still even. Um, 
is I try to do what like they what I just described, but but to them like in reverse. So I come home and even if nobody's like meeting me at the door and they're like, you know, super excited, I come home and I find each individual one of them and I and I'm like, you know, uh, Daniel or Ava, like I like I run towards them and try to give them a big hug and you know act like the best part of my day was I got to come home and see them. Jacob's and, over here making us look all like asshole dads. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's just there's uh, listen, I, this is stuff that I'm just recently going through. I mean, I, I had year I had years where I was like, I, I knew I wasn't being a good dad. I was I was not there enough for my wife and for my kids. And and like this past year has been a journey of me trying to, you know, take better care of myself so I can take better care of my family and um and it's all and and so like again like reading this article was all just like almost like reminded me of all the conversations i've had with my 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 personal counselor over the past two years and it's all it's just about being being honest with ourselves like we're just we're we're only human like we, we don't we don't really have control over like the initial reactions we have to things all we can do is like try to increase our self-awareness to be like you know to, to to just look ourselves brutally in the mirror and see like this is how i am and instead of like i don't know being depressed and uh, about it like i don't know just just figure out what you have to do to to put yourself in the position to to succeed and also to put yourself in positions to not have burnout and to not uh you know i mean and and also I guess like this will be like the last thing in my little rant here is like we have to learn to forgive ourselves too because like we're gonna have days and weeks where we completely fuck up or like where we fail epically at at trying to do the things that we want to do and it's so easy I know like I, I fall into this trap where like if I have like a bad day it's easy for me to have a bad day turn into a bad week because it's like you get depressed and and then you're just like it, it it's like compounding and then you can like for some reason. And it's not really logical, but like in your head, it's just kind of like, oh, well, I already screwed up. Like, you know, um, and and you, you get caught in this mindset of like self-deprecating and like um, the, the sort of like I'm not worth it. Uh, it. It's sort of like my internal monologue. It's just like I, I messed up again. I fell off the wagon again. About what I was trying to do. I'm never going to get it right. And, it, it, you know, it's just about like. And my wife does this too, and I'm always trying to be uh, an advocate for her to be like, listen, like we're we, we're all just inheritors of like all of the baggage, all of the the bad things that we were taught growing up in the culture, or by sometimes churches, or or by schools, or 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 you know, um, uh, you know, adult um, role models we had that weren't the best. It's like you know, I mean, and and it's not our fault, and we're gonna. And if we hold ourselves to a standard of perfection, then, you know, we're we're, we're going to be continually depressed and, and angry at ourselves. Whereas if we just, you know, you fall off that wagon, you, you mess up. It's like, OK, today, tomorrow is another day. So to kind of piggyback off the, the bad day turns into a bad week, like uh, and I talked about I talked about my divorce and spiritual journey from that point forward with Tommy on year zero. Uh several months ago um like I, I i feel that like i had that bad day that turned into a bad week that turned into a bad month that turned into a bad year that like seven years later i was like is it ever gonna fucking end 
Um, and then the last seven years of my life have been kind of trying to course correct from, from feeling like that. Cause a lot of that was my, my own fault. And, uh, like, I think like from, from what all of us have kind of talked about, and even if you look at the article, uh, a little more deeply, like a lot of it is your personal mentality. Like we have a lot more control over this than what we probably, uh, maybe not than what we, the four of us, uh, are willing to admit, but like we have a lot more control over this than what the average person is willing to admit, because a lot of it is like your mentality and the way you approach work and life and the balance of that and your kids. And like, you know, like Jacob's been talking about, like, uh, coming home and supper's not done. I like to cook. Cool. That's <laughs> like, what are we having tonight? Uh, you know, taking an hour commute that everybody that I work with thinks is like, the craziest most nightmarish thing they could imagine that's that's my like that's my me time that's that's how i that's how i get ready for work and that's how i wind down from work like taking those situations that you know it's the uh the old cliche of turning the, the lemons into lemonade it's uh we take the we take what's given to us and depending on our attitude and our mindset and the way we approach it we can gain that down that that down state and get restfulness from the things that would otherwise seem chaotic just by changing the way we approach it. Uh, this has been a really good conversation. Uh, we're, I know we're coming up on time and, and Jacob's got to go, uh, go jump on with Jose. Yeah. So, I got to go. Have any, uh, I, I have to go have an autistic here? debate with Jose about religion, I guess. I wanted to ask something quick and this can be short but i was kind of piggybacking off what jacob was talking about of like negative mind space and whatever do any of you find and this ties back to the article too that when you're in that down state is when you tend to fall more into like the negative mind space so that's why you keep yourself busy and active and like feeling more productive feeling better about yourself because i uh, i know like i think james you were saying that when when you get in the relaxed state, you feel like you're not being productive. There's so much stuff you could be doing yeah. already. And then you start to think about, uh, I, I don't know, maybe thoughts just go wherever in a more negative direction because you're in that down state. Maybe it starts with, hey, I'm not being productive. I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes I keep myself busy and that's when I stay positive because I'm so busy that I'm not focusing on whatever else my my brain could freaking run off in whatever direction and when i let myself into that down space that's when i find i catch myself like sliding into i want to say depressive state but more just like a negative space and so maybe that's why a lot of um i don't know i don't know if it's a guy thing or a people thing but maybe that's why we we find ourselves like constantly like pushing ourselves further into that like high state to keep that positive like productive mentality or at least to distract yourself from whatever negativity you might allow yourself to get into in that down state yeah so for me uh a friend of mine told me once um he said there's two types of people in the world there's the poor fucked up me type and then there's the poor fucked up everybody else type and i think i'm more of the poor fucked up everybody else type um i don't i tend not to beat myself up even when i'm kind of deserving of it so i I think where my sort of negativity comes from is not the like, Oh, I'm not being product productive enough. It's more the, Oh, I have so much shit to do. 
uh, and I'm not doing it right now. And like, uh, so it's, it's more external for me. Um, kind of the same difference though, I think. Yeah, I would say, um, I, I guess what came to mind for me was that like, I, I, I think it's pot. And this is also my reaction to the article too, was that like, I feel like it's good to be, cause here's the thing. Like, I think the problem is not with wanting to be productive. I think the problem is like with, if you look at it in sort of like a, a hierarchical sense, it's like there are times where your top priority needs to be being productive, but then those downstates need to be where being productive isn't the top priority, but that doesn't mean you can't be productive during downstates, I think. And because, I mean, let's face like a lot of us, we don't, we don't exactly just have hours in our day and weeks to just yeah. like, you know, like sit down and do nothing. And I, I don't even think, I think if anything, if doing nothing stresses you out, that might not be a good thing to do during your downstate. So I, maybe it's just, a, it, I think it's more about, all right, well, I'm going to do things, but I'm going to do things in a different mindset. I'm going to do them in the mindset of like, I'm, I'm, re I'm relaxing. I'm not putting pressure on myself. I'm not, you know, it, again, it's about like the article put it, like, it's like there there's, running your brain at like a high RPM and that's running it at a low RPM. Like, you, you know, you can still be productive and run and run in a low RPM. And it's just about finding the tasks you can do in that, you know, in, in that mindset. Um, and then just trying to find more, like my, my last thing before I hop off here would be just like, just, just again, to echo, like the, the more you find joy and even the things that you hate, the more, you will, because I, I think a lot of times what what I find, at least for myself, is that um, what 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 ends up wearing me out is to, is when I have to do things and and it's the things I don't want to do. And so the more we can approach the things we have to do with that mindset of, of 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 actually finding joy and 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 a desire to do them, the the less those things because you only have like one of the the, the 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 things my counselor taught me like the language he used is like like you start out a day with a certain number of spoons and he's like and like every activity costs a different number of spoons and the problem is like you if you if you're not careful you'll get to like halfway through the day and you'll have spent all your spoons basically and he's like you, you gotta you gotta learn to be a bit more uh i don't know like a, a good steward of of your time and energy and to know your limits and um you know, and, and yeah, I guess that's, uh, yeah, I, I, that's, I guess that's, uh, that's my time. I will hop off now and it was great. Uh, it was great chatting with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks day. for coming on, Jacob. Yep. Sorry. I was late. I had some family stuff going on, but y'all have a good rest of your night. <laughs> See you, Jacob. Yeah. Have a good one, man. So yeah, to, to kind of, uh, go with what Craig was talking about, I guess I'm, I guess as we've already established, I'm a little bit of a, a psychopath. Um, I don't really take issue with that. Like if I'm not being productive, I'm just not being productive. Like I like, and I guess, I guess maybe I build that time in more deliberately to my uh, daily and weekly schedule. Like, like I've started taking time out of my day to do dumb shit like like deliberately not productive stuff like i'll take 30 minutes to 
watch a TV show that I haven't seen before that looks like it might be interesting. And at the end of the 30 minutes, I might have hated it and it might have been horrible, but like it's not time that I'm in upstate like thinking about working on stuff. It's time that I'm just like uh in a vegetative like I'm going to take this time to just do this or or like I'll I'll play a video game. I'll do something like uh Destiny 2 is a game that I really like. So like I'll do a couple uh I'll do like a couple fire team missions on Destiny 2. Takes about 30 minutes. It's I'm not thinking about it. I'm just running around playing a game. Like it gives me time that I can deliberately not be productive and and enjoy that time and and like I can just turn my brain off and not be connected to everything. So um and I don't have, like I don't take issue with that. I I deliberately have that as a part of my day, and I think there's a huge value to that. Uh, I like like we keep. I guess the the article was the homework for everybody, so we should keep going back to it. But like you know, the article talks about that, like having that time where you're you have to be respectful of your downstate time because it is physically and mentally detrimental. Like that's. That's the way the body's natural uh, circadian rhythms go. Is that you should be up and down, and and you have to you have to allow that downtime to to occur and to be there. Otherwise, you push yourself to uh, like it. Even talks about like negative detriments as far as like dementia and stuff like that 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 come on uh, like earlier in life than what they should because we are running at such a an, an elevated upstate consistently um, in our day-to-day lives with, with the way modern society is. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it made me think of that article when it's talking about like the cycles, like allowing yourself to regenerate or whatever made me think of like working out or something. You can't just like sit there and like do curls 24 hours 24 seven and expect to get like arm muscles, like your, your muscles have to have some time to like, cause you're breaking them down and then the rest is what builds them up. Like they, they heal and they heal a little bit stronger and I'm not going to get into like a workout podcast here, but cause I'm not the person to do that. But if you're not allowing that healing process, um, it's not going to build back up. It's just going to constantly be broken down and you're just going to be in a worse spot than you were before you started doing 24 seven curls. And so, and it, it kind of talked about that. It's like, you don't allow those hormones to balance back out or your, your brain chemicals to balance back out. Then they're just constantly like, everything's just chemicals in your head. And if they're constantly on high alert or if your heart rate's constantly like pumping and you don't allow that to like regenerate, whether it's through sleep or like you're saying with some downtime of not thinking about some of this stuff or not stressing yourself out, then yeah, I mean, it's just going to do damage physically, not just mentally, but physically to your body. You see people who work high stress jobs for their entire life which is much shorter than somebody's life that doesn't put their bo- their brains through that and their bodies through that. I mean, these are people that are having heart attacks like 47 years old because uh, 
they they put themselves in this high stress what whether it's like wall street job or a, a freaking like management job or something it's just like your bodies aren't meant to physically exert itself or mentally exert itself for just constantly like that Yeah, uh, I guess just to just to wrap things up a little bit for myself, because um, Carlos just reminded me of it actually in the chat. Uh, I've been doing intermittent fasting this month, and that yeah, has been that's been wonderful. Like, so Carlos said, like you know, less bandwidth spent on what I'm going to eat, which is true. Like, I'm not I'm not taking a lunch break at work, so you know, my break more consists of you know, going out to the yard with my dog rather than just letting him out and coming back inside and working until he starts barking. Um, so that's cool. A little bit of downstate, I guess, although I'm typically listen listening to a podcast when I do that. So it's not really downstate. In any case, uh, it not only has that like kind of freed up some time for, for doing things other than working during the day, but also my brain is functioning better. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, even better than when I was doing like, just like strict hardcore keto, um, I don't, I don't, I don't really know the physiology behind it, but, uh, it's, it seems to be doing well and I've lost, I've lost some weight too, which is a good, good side effect, or maybe that is the effect and the mind stuff is a side effect. But anyway, I do, I do, uh, recommend that for anybody. That's well, that's supposed to, I, I've done it. I've been doing it for the last month too. And I did it before and I've done keto. I've done other things too. And this is the one, like I've, I've heard nutritionists talk about it. I had a, a, a nutritionist on my show last month, which is what got me back into it. And it, it like balances out your hormones and your glucose levels or your insulin mm. levels. It, it balances everything back out. Um, so that, I mean, it has like mental effects. It has like physiological effects and stuff. It has like gut effects. Um, it's, it's just supposed to be overall better for just like, um, bringing you back to like, like a level playing field in the mornings or whenever it is you decide to break that and, and your body's more receptive to the nutrients that you're putting. If you're, I mean, the best thing you can do is when you're intermittent fasting, also eat nutritional foods on top of that. So when your body is open to the most open at the end of it to receiving those nutrients, um, that's when you're putting nutrients in your body. But yeah, I, I, I felt the same way, not only physical, like I wake up in the morning cause I, I do it. I don't know what time you do it, but I do it. Like I eat dinner around five 30 and then I won't eat until what 10 30, 11 30 the next day. Uh, it's basically just skipping breakfast and not freaking midnight snacking, which is what I'm terrible at. But I wake up in the morning and I don't feel just that grogginess that, that you normal, that I normally would feel that just like, I don't know, from physical to mental and stuff. I, I just feel more aware, just more like ready to get up than I did. And there, there's some kind of, I do, again, I don't know the science behind it either, but there's some kind of like chemical balance that occurs. And it, it's, it's the same with what we're talking about, like rest and stuff. It, it's balancing back out those chemicals because again, your brain's just all freaking chemicals. And if, if they're out of balance, then, and that's why, <clears throat> People who have like mental disorders or like bipolar disorder or something like that, they're thinking all these crazy thoughts that aren't actually, they, they feel like such real moments, but it's really just chemicals going crazy in their head that's making them, that's like flaring like 
like brain cells and stuff and it, and it's triggering actual thoughts but it's not it if it's not real it it's just a chemical imbalance is all that is and um if you can find ways whether it's through sleep patterns or eating patterns or exercise patterns to somehow try to balance those chemicals then not only does it have the physical effects of like weight loss or like not feeling like crap in the morning but it also balances out your brain chemicals to where you you realize hey this isn't as bad as i thought it was so to kind of to kind of close this out a little bit and and sort of <clears throat> tie the whole thing up um it feels like like the more we've talked about this as we've gone through it, especially with Jacob and him talking about like the time that he spent talking to his counselor and stuff like that, and just just our own personal journeys through this and and the different things that we've we've gone through. It feels like a lot of this stuff kind of comes down to having some semblance of discipline in your life to just to just do what you need to do for your body and. And we can kind of wrap it on this. I don't want it to be super long because we, we're we're already uh, over an hour and fifteen minutes, and I want to I want to let y'all you know get to your evenings. Does it feel like maybe some of the reason that this is such a an important topic and maybe such a problem for especially the U.S. but maybe even the the world as a whole is that for whatever reason in modern society people lack any semblance of discipline. I think so. I, well, I think we're, I think we're trained to think that, you know, the harder you work, the more successful you'll be, the more successful you are, the better life's going to be. And we get that kind of ingrained in us and we don't, the discipline part doesn't, like we think of discipline, we think of like hard work. Hard work is discipline. Like if you're disciplined, you you can go get the job done no matter what it takes, no matter how little asleep. And what you're referring to is like personal discipline, like the opposite of that, like being able to cut yourself off and say, or whether, it, or go to the gym or take a nap or, you know, like, not eat a freaking gallon of cookie dough. I mean, there there's multiple kinds of discipline, but yet the only thing we're really taught, especially, I don't, I don't want to make this a sexist debate or anything like that. But I, I really think that males are taught, or at least back when it, like us growing up, uh, males were taught that discipline is hard work. Like you, you bust your ass, you get shit done, and, uh, um. And the harder you work, the more successful you're, you'll be in and you'll do better for your family. And I, I just feel like. Um, and you never quit. You never give up. You push forward no matter yeah. what. Like it's the, anything shy of of complete and total success is is just an old failure. failure. And it's a it's a black mark on your name. And if you dare to uh, admit that, hey, I need a freaking break, I need to step back from this, then then you're you're some sort of failure or um, you're a, a, a freaking pansy or whatever. I I mean, that's I don't know that, that that's probably not the case now with with males growing up today. I guarantee it. But um, that definitely was how 
we were raised in our society. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna expand too much on it, but uh, you know, I think that I think that conflating work with virtue or work with discipline or work with really anything other than what it is, which is just work, uh, is probably the wrong approach. So with that being said, I highly recommend everybody go back and listen to my episode talking about the toxic workplace and um, check out the articles that were included in that one as well, because it really does kind of tie into all of this. Uh, that's, I guess that's kind of been my, uh, between this and that. And there's also, there's also an article on sports and, and like the, uh, the camaraderie and, and like the, the team building that's involved with sports. Like, some of these things are, are things that are really uh, directly pertinent to my life that that I'm making connections to, especially as I've been in this like uh, seven or so year kind of transition into this new me that I kind of am. Like if if y'all had met me like in my first marriage, uh, that dude did not look like me now in, in any way. He was a uh, like he was an absolute sociopath and, uh, and, and I'm not super proud of that, but like, I'm, I'm willing to, like, I've been able to acknowledge it and accept it. But like a lot of this stuff, like with, with being able to detach from work and being able to connect with the downstate time and, and the rest and actually being like having a, uh, like having a positive life and, and not just be completely ramped up towards, whatever my professional career was uh like it's been a really cool transition for me and so i'm kind of looking at stuff now that has kind of been coming into place over the last several years um so this has been a lot of fun and and i really appreciate y'all kind of coming along with me for this conversation and and this little piece of of my journey and sharing your journeys as well uh give your plugs and we'll uh we'll wrap this thing up uh, you can find me. Uh, my podcast is the Break the Bell podcast. You can uh, find it all over everywhere that you can find podcasts. Um, you can hit us up on all social media. Our handle is at Break the Bell Pod. Uh, we just cover the current events and expose the the crap that's going on in the world on a weekly basis. Uh, we we're, we live stream every Monday night. Uh, then we usually wrap up the week on a weekend episode where we just talk about all the random stuff that we didn't get to cover in the main episode that's going on in the world. So uh, that's the break the bell podcast. Yeah. Uh, so you can find my podcast blackbird on the podcast apps. I also do. So I release those like a week after the live stream and you can tune into the live stream on typically Sunday mornings. Uh, sometimes that varies, but uh, yeah. So this weekend I'm interviewing Mark Changizi, a cognitive scientist. We're going to be talking about the purpose of humanity, which is a pretty deep subject. Uh, and I like to get into that kind of stuff, try to stay away from politics. So if that's your thing, come join us in the chat on Sunday morning. I'll see you there. And I highly recommend that one because Mark Changizi is an, a really interesting guy. So anytime you get a chance to listen to him, you should definitely do it. So yeah, for sure. And and I'm going to push back on both of the guys a little bit because they talked about podcast listening to podcasts as being upstate, but for me, it's completely downstate. And uh, maybe that's because I already had had watched the videos before I listened to the podcast. So when I go back and listen to it, it's it's all just kind of a refresher, and and I'm I'm a little more tuned out. Uh, 
But if you are looking for something that you can just completely zone out and laugh about, uh, check out our morning show over on YouTube. It is The Morning After. You cannot find it by searching for The Morning After. But if you look for Vasectomy Clubhouse, it will take you straight to our episode or straight to our channel. So check us out. You can just listen to that and completely zone out and laugh and have a good time. And I will be doing that tomorrow morning at 7.30 corn time, uh, 8.30 uh, in the water time. And Carlos is actually going to be joining me and Mark Metz for that in the morning. So check us out. And in the meantime, I hope everybody has a great rest of your week. Have a great weekend. And I will be back on Monday with another topic that will probably be something that has to do with my journey over the last seven years or so. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks, guys, for joining me. Hope everybody had a good time. And uh, I will catch you on the next one.